The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here's your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. I am Victoria Moran. For anybody new, I'm an author, wrote a book called Main Street Vegan, and a whole lot of things happened after that. So you can check us out at MainStreetVegan.net, and you can just sit back and enjoy this beautiful show today. I actually have someone right here at my very table in beautiful uptown New York City, and that is our first guest vegan travel expert, Dana Roberts. And after the break, we will be bringing on straight from the NFL, defensive lineman, the 300-pound vegan, David Carter. In all honesty, I never believed that when I went vegan in 1983 that there would be things like vegan travel And vegan football players. The world is changing in so many wonderful ways. Dana Roberts, who is sitting right next to me and holding my dog Forbes, co-founded Plant-Based Traveler with her partner, Lou Gimlinden, who's also here on the other side of the table. They're a two-person vegan production team focused on exploring the world around them through character-driven video content. You can follow them on Instagram at Plant-Based Traveler or subscribe to their YouTube channel, which has the world's longest URL, and I will put that in the show notes. You can find those show notes if you go to MainStreetVegan.net, 
Click on podcast and you'll see a drop down for show notes that'll give you all the URLs and interesting quotations from every show. I even have a little blast from the past. So whenever I have a show that kind of relates to some show that we did previously, I let you know what that was and then you can kind of get a two for one. Dana, welcome to the show and to your native city, just about. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. Well, and you are from one of the hottest vegan cities on the planet. You're living in Berlin now. Tell us what's going on over there. So Berlin is really crazy. When we left um, about two years ago from New York and moved to Berlin, we had no idea what was happening as a vegan scene there. And when we got there, there's vegan grocery stores. There's over like, I think over 300 different vegan things that pop up on Happy Cow. It's crazy. So I think from juice bars to restaurants to junk food to everything, even, I mean, going to the grocery store, every item you can find labeled cruelty-free. So like Uh, from your shampoo, your soap, it makes life so easy. I love it. There are all of these vegan hotspots around the world. And and one day all those dots are going to be connected. <laughs> it's true. I mean, hopefully at some point, instead of vegan tips for traveling, you won't need them because you'll just be able to pop into any place and it will be like a Berlin. Well, why did you pick Berlin? Lou's actually, ha- my partner, Lou, he's actually half German. Oh. And so his parents were nice enough to let us live in their apartment. And so that was the main decision maker on finding ourselves in Berlin. But we also love it there. Lou speaks German. I'm learning German. And it's... Has a lot of ex-New Yorkers, I think, for some reason, because it has so much of what New York has, like culturally and all that, but it's just a lot calmer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So we end up running into ex-New Yorkers all the time. If you hear little noises in the background, that's because we have a dog on the lap. You know, when you have a show called Main Street Vegan, these things happen. So tell us about how Plant-Based Traveler started. Have you always been a travel buff? I've always really loved traveling. Lou and I actually met studying abroad in Barcelona. Mm. And when we went vegan, we kind of were confused all of the things that we like to do. You know, when we weren't traveling, we loved to watch shows like Anthony Bourdain or other travel-based content. And when we were traveling, so much of travel was based around food. You know, when you go to Buenos Aires, you go find the best steak or things like that. And we were like, our whole perspective on travel is changing and there's no real video based content for us to be watching. And that's like what we used to do in our downtime was watch travel shows. And so Lou had been working at a production company and I was working at a startup here in New York. And we kind of realized that we were getting a little bit of the production experience and some of the business experience. And so we decided to just go for it and try to create content that we wanted to watch. This is so exciting. So is the center of everything your YouTube Mm-hmm. show. That's everything right now. Um, we started first on Vimeo and then a few months later opened it up to YouTube and have found the community there is like way better for us. So tell us some of the places that you will take us when we go there. So our first place, which is probably the dearest to me, was Cusco. So we went to Cusco in Peru, which is like just incredible. It's kind of the main people know it as a stop when you go to Machu Picchu. And so people get there and you'd think there'd be nothing vegan at all, but Actually, there's the top-rated vegan restaurant on Happy Cow is in Cusco. Whoa. And we had no idea. And the chef there, Fabricio, was amazing. He let us in. We stayed, you know, we were staying there for a month, and we got to spend almost a week in their kitchen getting to know Fabi, his family, his mom works there. Like, it was just an incredible story. And then we also worked 
in Lima. So we spent a lot of time in Peru and that was really special. And we have content from New York too. Um, so we were able to get that up. So when you go to the channel, you can find many different cities and it's things from vegan restaurants to also artists or other things. It's not all vegan. It's like when you travel so much is based around food, but there's also other things that you want to see, like going on a more sunrise hike, things like that will be on the channel too. Oh, that's lovely. Absolutely lovely. My husband had a, um, friend come from Switzerland not long ago, and they have a tradition that in whatever city they're in, they stay up all night, and then they find some beautiful place to watch the sunrise, and they get a bottle of cheap wine, and they sing this old song from the 1960s called Red Rubber Ball. I don't know how all this started, but anyway, that's what they do. So um, when his friend was here, they, they went to Belvedere Castle at Central Park, watched the sun come up. What a nice tradition. It is a nice tradition, but they'll never put it online. That's just for them. So I'm glad you're putting (laughs) things online. So what are some of your tips for traveling as a vegan? Because I find just traveling in this country for work, that's the only time it's really difficult or frustrating. I think it's something that's really interesting. I don't know if I even would have figured it out if we weren't doing the show. But the thing that I find the most helpful is actually getting to know people in the city. So much of I feel like before when I went traveling, I would, you know, do my own thing. But because we wanted to interview people for the show and get to know the city, we started talking to locals more. And that has been such a game changer because they know the best spots. Like, for example, when we were in Lima, we got to know this young couple who had just started a restaurant. And then they started taking us on every Monday. Their restaurant was closed. And so they would take Lou and I out to their favorite places, some of which were like underground restaurants that you had to know the person to call and ahead and all these things. And I think if you have the chance to travel and are brave enough and bold enough to talk to, you know, the local like restaurant that you go to, talk to the waiter, talk to the owner or, you know, like a high vibe equivalent, like a, a vegan or health store, talk to the owner and see what where they like to go, what their favorite hike is. And what best, what the best market is, because going to the markets is definitely something I recommend. And that I think was such a, I don't know, change in our perspective when we traveled. And and you also make friends that way. Now we have really solid friends from all the places we've traveled, and you know we still keep in touch. And they are following the show. Some of them have opened second restaurants or had babies, and it's really fun. Then you feel like your network just grows as you get to see more of the world. It's wonderful. And I think we seem so connected around the world online. And to actually have real in-person connections is more special than it's ever been. Yeah, I think it's so true. You know, you're so open to, you know, commenting on somebody's Instagram to ask them for recommendations. But what about actually in person saying like, hey, like, where do you go on your Friday night? That moment is actually so much more special than people remember. Oh, so where are you going next? So we actually haven't filmed in Berlin yet. So the next content that will be coming out is Paris. We were actually in Paris this past September. And so that will be coming out in a few weeks. And then when we get back to Berlin after the holidays, while we're here, just downtime in New York with my family and Liz too, um, we'll be filming in Berlin, which is really, really exciting. Oh, that will be exciting. You've got to get Sean Sean Corleone in there. Yeah. He's a friend of yours. He's a personal trainer in Berlin who came over here to do Main Street Vegan Academy. Such a great guy. That's so true. I have to reach out to him, and he has such a great story, and it would be a perfect way to see Berlin through his eyes. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
I just want to get a little bit of the wanderlust that you seem to have yeah. just looking at you. Sometimes I so wish this were video because yeah. you have this sparkle in your eyes that I can just mm. see the whole world is waiting for you and you're just eager to get out there and, and take it all on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, traveling is such a amazing way to open your mind about the world and get to know new people. And I think it's been really lucky that Lou and I have been able to do it together. So tell me about Paris. I was in Paris last winter and not a great time to go. And I ultimately found some really wonderful vegan restaurants, but I was so frustrated because the the hours that they're open are kind of staggered and each one is different. And Paris is really big. So even getting around, I, I felt pretty challenging. How did you manage all that? We ended up finding like a few places that we liked that were nearby to our Airbnb that we ended up going to a couple of times. There was this one place called Lady Shot that we went to a lot. They had one vegan bowl that was just a hearty rice bowl. And I feel like sometimes in a bigger city, when you can find a few things that are convenient to your location, it was really helpful. We also met um, this woman named um, Emmy, and she has a really big YouTube channel. I think it's called Anastasia. And so she's vegan. She's been vegan her whole time she's lived in Paris. And so she took us around a lot. And even places that weren't all vegan, she took us to this amazing Korean restaurant. And we went to get, like, bim bim bop, like, rice bowls in the center of Paris and things, like, that we wouldn't have found on our own. But, I mean, happy cow is, like, definitely such a big part of how I get around when I'm traveling. It just makes it so much easier. You have this little map that pops up, and you can see where you're at. But I would say we also have an Airbnb, and that helps so much. I like to cook when I'm traveling because I can't do, like, every single meal out. So that, I think, is a big help when we were in Paris. So do you travel with food? Because I, I talk to different people who travel, even domestically, and some of them swear by bringing their little care package mm. with them. And other people are like, no, there'll always be some food somewhere. I think I'm probably more like that. I like to like bring something when I'm on a plane, just because you never know what's going to happen. You can sometimes pre-order vegan meals on planes. Sometimes you think you pre-order them. They don't come. Other times you're like, I definitely didn't. And then they show up. So who knows when that, with that situation. But when I'm actually just going to a place, I feel like the way I eat is actually so simple that if we are going to have a kitchen, you know, it's not that hard for me to just run by to a store and get some oats and some bananas. So I'm set for breakfast and then, you know, buy some sweet potatoes and beans and rice. And that's so easy. So I feel like Sometimes the only thing that's kind of nice for Lou and I, because we're filming a lot, like long days, we will bring some granola bars or things like that or some dates or something like that that can travel really easy. Yeah. Because, yeah. So a place that you haven't been, but that's on your horizon, if you could go anywhere on earth. Hmm. I really, really want to go to Australia. Ah. I have been seeing so much about how incredible like Sydney and Melbourne and all these cities seem. I mean, it does look a little expensive when you like take the time to go look at the um, menus and things like that. But other than that, it just looks so beautiful. I love the beach and sunshine. So I feel like Australia is definitely hot. But at the same time, I haven't been to Asia and going through Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia and those areas would be high on my list. I would say. Wow, that's wonderful. I remember when we were in Taiwan and we had made sure to get the Chinese character for vegetarian. And 
So we went to the market and we see all these vegetables and all kinds of rice and we show our little symbol and everybody would go, no, no. And they would back away like we'd showed them something terrible. And we went back to the hotel hungry and asked the concierge and he said, well, this character means strict Buddhist forbidden to eat meat or anything that has ever been in a pot in which meat was prepared. <laughs> so oh. we learned from there. But, you know, that kind of makes it fun. And then it gives yeah. you a story to tell years later. Exactly. And I feel like you have to engage with people more and chat with them, get to know what actually works for you, what doesn't. And it makes you more adventurous, yeah. I find, which yeah. is really fun. Oh, so you're a plant-based traveler on Instagram. Any mm-hmm. other social media to share? Um, you can find us on the same one on YouTube. If you just type plant-based traveler, our channel okay. should come up really quickly. And yeah, that's mainly it. You can find all of our information, even at plantbasedtraveler.com. Okay. Wonderful. Well, gosh, let's go somewhere vegan and fabulous. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Dana Roberts and everybody else. Stay tuned. We will be back with the 300-pound vegan, David Carter. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're 
You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Well, did you ever think that there would be an NFL defensive lineman? And I think I said that right. I kind of got some coaching from my husband on the football terms, <laughs> but I'm a little bit unclear. On a show called Main Street Vegan, well, this is the day. It is my extreme pleasure to welcome David Carter famously known as the 300-pound vegan, making moves both on and off the field as a 300-pound free agent defensive lineman. Yes, I did say it right. In the NFL, (laughs) David is turning heads and causing an uproar for the betterment of animals, the planet, and the health of people worldwide. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Well, give us a little history. Before you were the 300-pound vegan, tell us about the kid that liked football. (laughs) Well, uh, the kid that liked football. Well, I'm going to tell you a different story. I'm going to tell you about me growing up in a household of meat eaters, obviously. I have a brother that plays football, too, so I'll tell you about that. I have a brother that plays football. He plays for the Bengals right now. He's doing very well. I'm proud of him. But, um, you know, growing up in our household is a bunch of big guys. We grew up from a family from the South. We had a barbecue restaurant growing up in our family. So meat was, like, literally everything that we did. And uh, we grew up and we spent our summers on the farm. And we used to, like, watch our grandfather kill the chickens and, and, and you know, defeather them and all that stuff. So uh, growing up. Growing up for me was really, we were just all about the meat, like get as much meat as we possibly can. And since, especially since we owned a barbecue restaurant, that's all we ate. That was the majority of the meals that we had and playing sports. Our goal was to be as big and strong as we possibly can. And we were like everyone else thinking like the only way you can get protein is through meat. And, you know, we were at meatheads, like and brainwashed, like the majority of the world is, but, uh, you know, uh, um, now, all that changed for me in my third year of my NFL career when I started experiencing uh, tendinitis, like old man diseases, I like to call them. These old man diseases, I had tendinitis, early onset arthritis. Uh, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. And this is all like 24, 25. I had nerve damage. That was a real kicker for me. I had nerve damage in my right hand and arm. I couldn't feel uh, three of the fingers, my pinky finger, ring finger, and middle finger. I had to tape them to my index finger in order to make a complete fist or to get any kind of movement out of them. And uh, I had to play with a metal, uh, with a, like a huge plastic brace on just to prevent my hand from hyperextending all the way. But that's what made me go vegan as, um, you know, I sat down and I watched uh, um, Forks Over Knives, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, and I was learning all these things like, man, you know, uh, uh, milk actually leaches calcium from the bones. And as a football player, you know, that's what I have to do is the main thing is run up and hit people as hard as I possibly can. And I don't want my bones to break in the process of running up and hitting people. And um, watching the Dr. Gregor, or not the doctor, watching the Forks Over Knives documentary opened up my eyes to a lot of new information. And that really helped me to go vegan. And I started doing more research and nerding out and learning all these things and how milk actually causes inflammation in the joints, uh, which caused my tendonitis 
And as, and after learning all these things and doing further research, um, I just totally cold tofurkey, cut out all the meat and cut out all the dairy because I was, I was hurting myself. I was causing my own injuries and causing my own problems. And as soon as I stopped, literally like in no time, all my injuries just kind of just started melting away and my strength improved. My bench press went from 315 to like 450. It was insane. It was ridiculous. Um, I'm running, uh, no, no high blood pressure medication. Um, no, no pain in my joints at all. Like I sleep better. I have more energy. It's kind of like a miracle drug. I don't like to say that because people are like, don't over exaggerate your whatever, but it, it helped. It helped to, to go vegan because I was not poisoning myself. I was literally poisoning myself. And I guess I told you a little bit about football and veganism, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's really exciting. I remember going to, um, vegetarian conference years ago at a college and one particular morning they were doing something to the dining hall where the vegetarians were supposed to go and so we went to this other dining hall where some football team was there doing training or whatever mm-hmm. and I've never seen people eat as much food mostly animal food in my life so mm-hmm. what do you eat and how does it compare to what your teammates eat you see what i eat is i just i eat the when i started out going vegan the first thing i did i started with took nachos and bean burritos and just or like vegan nachos bean burritos i just don't eat any meat i switch everything and i substitute the meat for beans and rice high carbs dense nutritional foods and um yeah, I see these guys eating. What you're talking about is the training table. We come down, those are the mandatory meals before the game. And it is what you're talking about. So much meat, chicken and uh, spaghetti pasta with meat, meat sauce and dairy and everything. And they think that meat and dairy are actually great for you to have. And it's you need the protein, you need all that stuff before you go out there. But uh, these guys are misinformed. And I, I, I switch it out. I use beans and rice. Is a like that's my main protein source. I use uh, lentils and legumes and all that stuff, and it has way more protein, all the calories that you need, and none of the the saturated fats or anything like that. So that's what I do. I switch out. I use lentils and beans and peas and nuts and everything. It's an endless source of protein and everything that you can get, the nutrients that you can get in all the plant based foods. So. Fascinating. And if anybody wants to ask David a question, uh, any live listener, you can give us a call at 816-347-5519. That's 816-347-5519. So something happened to you just before Valentine's Day that Mm -hmm. caused you to make this big transition. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so on Valentine's Day... 2014, uh, my wife and I, and that's when I was telling you about the, the Forks Over Knives documentary. Um, before then, I had been released from the Arizona Cardinals due to all the, you know, I, was, I wasn't able to play at my, at, the best, at my best ability because of the tendonitis and arthritis and all those injuries that I was dealing with. And football is a rough sport. You know, like guys are out there getting concussions and breaking arms and finger losing fingers and hands and whatnot anyway anyway but i i went vegan on valentine's day forks uh, watching forks over knives because you know i got released i needed to get better there's no way that i was going to continue living a healthy life in the condition that i was i knew only two things were going to happen 
being 24 or 25 years old, diagnosed with high blood pressure, uh, taking medication. They had me on naproxen, ibuprofen. Uh, you know, I had so much stuff going on. It was only going to get worse. Like, you know, playing the sport that causes so much impact on the body. But um, so I so Valentine's Day, I was watching Forks Over Knives with my wife and I learned all that information that I was telling you about, about milk. Uh, leaching calcium from the bones. Milk actually leaches calcium from the bones. And being a football player, I was trying to be as big and strong as I possibly can and, you know, be able to go up against these guys. And I needed to be strong. And drinking milk leaches calcium from the bones. That's actually doing the exact opposite that I needed. You know, it was going to make me weaker out there. It was going to, I was thinking like most of the world that dairy is going to make me stronger. It's going to, the calcium is going to strengthen my bones, but I've been misinformed like most of the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, um, so, and not only that, the inflammation in the joints caused by meat, meat and dairy products, the meat and dairy products send your body into a, an instant, um, like a low grade inflammation. As soon as you ingest meat and dairy products, and that is where tendonitis comes from. It's itis, you know, your tendon and itis is, a uh, itis, the real word, the definition of the word is inflammation. And it's just inflammation of the joints. So to me, it was that simple. Like I need to cut out the meat and the dairy. And as soon as I cut out the meat and the dairy, slowly within a month, it didn't, it didn't happen right away. But within a month, I felt all the pain in my joints just kind of just dissipate. Uh, like I said, I was had more energy throughout the day. I slept better. Um, is that that Valentine's Day fourth? Uh, that Valentine's Day video night with my wife of forks over knives literally changed my life for the better because. Um, you know, it made me a healthier man, you know, and, and changed my life. And, you know, like I'm a free agent right now and I'm not playing football, but I'm, I'm a healthier man. You know, I'm going to live longer. The average death at <laughs> watching the documentary, I, I started to do some research. I was like, fuck, if I'm going to go vegan, I need to do as much research as I possibly can. And in my research, I found out that the average death of a football player is 56 years old. And that's crazy. Football players are supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be top athletes and we're supposed to, you know, everybody's like looking up to football players to be, you know, I want to be strong like this guy. I want to be strong like Reggie Bush or whoever, but it's not really strong when you're not strong when you're dying at 56 years old, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the average death. So, um, you know, I had to, I had to definitely make that change. You can't, it's, it's not a, it's not a healthy future. You're not living a healthy life if you're if the the scientists and they've done studies saying that, you know, chances are, bro, it's a 90 percent chance you're probably going to die at 56 years old. That's not healthy. That's not manly either. Because amen to that. Yeah. Well, I've seen the trailer for the movie Concussion a few times now. And the one line in it that just jumps out is when the doctor who is trying to get this information to the NFL is just being rebuked at every turn. And somebody mm-hmm. says to him at one point, you're going after a corporation that owns a day of the week, exactly. which just implies so much power. So my question to you is, do you get flack? I mean, what kind of response have you gotten from other players, coaches, people in that sport? Mm-hmm. See, younger players are more, they have the, you know, I'm invincible. You know, I'm a, you know, I don't have to worry about that. They don't really care about it. They only look, they don't think about the long, the long-term consequences of what the sport and what it does. 
as well as diet. But the older players, they have families and, you know, they're like, okay, it's coming towards the end of my career. Now I need to take care of myself. They know that with the damage of playing a sport like football can do to your body. It's so the more, the older players are more receptive to the, to the vegan, to, to learning about it. And, and a lot of, and a lot of the older players are like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to start, they're starting to clean after talking to them and, and teaching them. They're like, you know, I'm going to start cleaning up my diet. And a lot of them have, I'm not going to drop any names, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but a lot of the older players that are, are, you know, edging towards retirement are like, I have to take care of my body because they, they know, too. A lot of them know, too, like, you know, the average players are dying at 55, 56 years old because of the damage that's done. I mean, one practice is they say is equivalent to a 60 mile per hour accident. Now, imagine your brain every single day of practice hitting a 60 mile per hour accident or your body even, you know, that's that's taking years off your life like that. And these guys have families got um retiring the early the average retirement age of the nfl or like is like well not the average but a lot of the guys that play for a while they retire at 30 and that's like a good career a long career 10 years right and these guys they don't want to die in 20 years they have kids that are like three four years old they're not going to see their kids graduate from from college or get married a lot of them you know so a lot of these guys are really opening up and 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 accepting this information and going on with it so it's 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 really exciting to see that everybody's opening up and it's more of the responsible players and it's, it's the older players, responsible players, and they're going to knock that, that knowledge down to the younger ones. So, no, oh, that's, that's great. Do you yeah. think that the fact that you're very much out about being vegan, does that have any influence on how you're received, how you're accepted, how people look at you in the sport? No. Okay. As long as you're big, they don't care. They're like, damn, man, how'd you, how'd you get that big? They ask me, they're like, man, you got to be sneaking. Like, they don't care. They just want you to be big. And if they can see you big and strong and healthy, that's all that matters to them is this, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting to them. They just want you to be able, be able to perform yeah. but, uh, and be strong. And if they see you lifting as much weight as them and running as fast as they are, looking as big and bad as they are, they're like, okay, I'm down with that. I can get with that. So... That's so cool. So I I ask a little bit about your diet and there's, there's more and more detail for people who like reading in the current issue of Leica magazine. David and his beautiful wife Paige are featured on the cover and, and as the main feature story in this issue of Leica magazine. That's L-A-I-K-A, beautiful, beautiful vegan magazine. And Paige is the photographer for that story. She's very, very talented. And you talked about your your diet and the rice and the beans. Do you use supplementary protein powders or do you not feel the need for those? Uh, really, I try to stay away from protein powders. I don't really do like, I don't really like processed food that much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's the healthiest way to go. But um, I do, uh, in the beginning, yeah, I did use supplements. Like uh, Vega Sport was one of them. Health Force was one of them. I like those two brands. So if I have to use supplements, that's where I would go. But um, And there's a couple other good, I mean, don't knock it. There's a lot of good vegan brands out there that they are doing great work and all that stuff. But I try to stick to a whole food diet because you don't really need supplements. Um, there's plenty of protein everywhere. And you just have to eat enough food. And that's really all it is. You just have to eat enough food and know what it is that you're eating. Mm. Know, know where to get your protein from and, and your your calories if you're trying right. to gain weight. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I like Dr. Pam Popper, who was, uh, I believe, featured in, in Forks Over Knives. And she said, you don't build muscle in the kitchen, you build muscle in the gym. So tell us about how you work out to maintain all of your mass. I do the same workouts that I did when I was, you know, just football workouts. You know, and I'm able to, it's actually more because I have more energy now. Uh, I'm getting better results from my diet because I was just eating regular. You know, I remember I used to eat like four In-N-Out hamburgers after a workout and thought I was replenishing myself and I wasn't. But now, um, damn it, I'm off the question. What was the question? Oh, just how, what your workout schedule workout. is like. Yeah, the workout schedule now, I feel it's, it's a lot more now. I have more energy now. Uh, my workouts are longer. I'm lifting more weight. Um, this The workouts are still the same as they were in the NFL, just more. It's just more to it because I have more energy now. Now I'm able to just push myself further than I was when I was just eating meat. I have more energy. It's that simple. Very it's, cool. Now, yeah. your wife... And she she is so lovely. We've had a few emails, and oh my gosh, what a, a beautiful, beautiful human being. I'd love to meet you guys in person one day. But she was vegan before you for for several years. So yeah. how, did, how did that go? Was it kind of a live and let live thing? <laughs> yeah, basically. Because I was, my mind, hers was like, okay, she read this book called Skinny Bitch, and she uh, it, it really touched her and that made her go vegan like uh, five years before I did. You know, I saw the, the health benefits of it. I mean, she looked great when she went, <laughs> her skin was more clear and her attitude was better. But I didn't want, <laughs> I don't know, she could be mean sometimes. No, I'm just playing. And she, I'm probably going to end up sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> but uh, um, it was, you know, she, she even, she was a trooper. She actually cooked for me still when I was still eating meat, she would still cook for me. And being a vegan now, I'm like, man, I thank you for that. Cause that's rough. But, um, yeah, it was this now. And, and now it was just a live and let live thing. She really, she really like stuck in there for me, but it was, she was very patient. So, um, yeah, it was a live and let live thing, but then I came around and after she just kept like, you know, Gently pushing information my way. Come on, babe. Like that February 14th uh, uh, video movie night was, come on, let's watch Forks Over Knives. And it, and it worked. So, but, but but eventually she planted that seed and it, it grew. And now, you know, I'm just straight up vegan now. And it's the best thing I've ever done for my life ever. So. Well, I completely agree with you. I, I don't know for me whether it's that I'm vegan or that I raised my daughter vegan. But she's a stunt performer, so she's got uh, muscle yeah, <laughs> too. Yeah, and it's just because you know sometimes people will say, "Oh, well, all these vegan athletes they got their muscle back when they ate meat." Well, some people never ate meat, and they have a lot of muscle too. Yeah. So, David, you've got some passion projects going on, and one is called a more green future. Tell us about that. Uh, more green future. Is, a, is an amazing project that we actually started when we were in Costa Rica. And we went out there, we lived in Costa Rica for a while, and um, we were working with this school called Fratero Verde. And it, a nonprofit pro, it's a nonprofit private school. And what we did, we went in there, and we had a friend who went to the school, and we came and we talked to the, to the principal and everybody. Luckily, the principal was vegetarian. So we were able to, we talked to her about implementing this program, uh, um, 
we, we talked to her about implementing this program, uh, a more green future. We didn't want to call it a more vegan future. Well, it was, it was a more vegan future, but we were a more green future. People were scared of the word vegan. But anyways, we went in there and we talked to the kids and we, I did a presentation to the kids explaining them about what's in the meat and, and just educating them on the science and how the body is not designed to digest meat and how we're not like carnivores. We're not omnivores. We're herbivores. I explained to them the China study and just, you know, planted these seeds in their head. And it was amazing. And then the Humane Society International joined us. They did a presentation as well. And at the end of the day, and, and then we cooked for them. Uh, we cooked for them and we showed the school how we could feed all of their students on a plant-based diet for under a hundred dollars. And that was awesome. They loved that. And the kid, a healthy vegan plant-based meal. And the kids loved the meal. We did some P, we took over the PE program and I ran, uh, physical drills, like, uh, football drills with them and ladder drills. And we showed the kids love that. But anyways, we had the kids debate at the end of the day, we had the kids have their own discussion after they listened to what we had to say. We had the kids have their own discussion and tell us how they feel about a plant-based diet, especially in Costa Rica. It was where we were at with Montezuma, Costa Rica it was a rural part of Costa Rica where it was, they live off of animal agriculture. And that's where they grow all the grass fed beef, a lot of it in Latin America out there in, in Montezuma and they live off of it. So it was, it was important for them to express their own feelings and how they feel about it and how it would affect their life and how they think it would make the world a better place. And it was awesome because they were able to, they, it, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's good to hear from us, but it's better to hear your, your, your peers, the opinion of your peers and how, what they think about it and how it, how it's beneficial to the planet and beneficial to the earth. And now what we're doing is we're bringing that to the United States. And we're working with a, a friend of ours, Antonia de Mas, and she's been doing this for 40 years in the United States. And we want to do the same thing because it works so successfully out in the Costa Rica. And, um, you know, they're still doing that. And they've, they've shown so much improvement. The, the teachers have reported, the teachers have reported, um, you know, uh, better attitude through, from the kids. The kids have adopted uh, vegan diets and, and, and spread it to their parents. And their parents have came back and reported to us, like, our, our house is vegan now. <laughs> and so we're doing that. We're bringing that to the states. And we're, we're just getting started. But we're very excited about this initiative. And we're, 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 we're getting help from, from, from very important, very powerful people who've been doing this in the United States. So that's one of our initiatives that we're doing now. We just want to educate kids and let them be the ones to make the decision for themselves, but just plant that seed for them, give them the information. I love it. And kids take to this so naturally because they love animals so much. You know, they're not worried about having heart attacks. But when you yeah. explain to them what happens to the baby calf and the mother cow, they get that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But so, the health thing, one of the things that really helped me a lot is just like, especially in the States, it's been going so well because so many people are just dying of diabetes, like heart disease and stroke and heart attack and all that stuff. Like one of the things that I do when I go in is it's been so powerful and so effective. Is And it's so simple. I just tell the kids like, hey, who in here? has a family member who's been affected by diabetes and then and just keep your hand up. Who's been here raised, affected by cancer, stroke. And by the, by the, by the time I get to the fourth the disease, the whole entire class has their hands up. And this is, and it's like, wow. So it, it's just a powerful how 
how beneficial the vegan diet can be for you. And these kids are very receiving and very open to new ideas because they see that they, these kids are their their classmates are diabetic, and they see that their classmates are obese. And we need the, we need our kids to be educated on health and fitness and what what food actually is. Food isn't this processed stuff that they think it is, but food is whole whole plant based foods. So absolutely. I mean, we're really talking about the future. You know, every once in a while, you'll see these articles that the armed services have lowered their fitness requirements and mm-hmm. raised the weight requirements and yeah, things like that. To fight. Too fat to fight. Oh, it's a shame. But, you that's know, scary. whatever you think about fighting, that's scary. Right. But it, too fat to fight. That's how the that's how the as we're talking about schools. That's how the first um you know, meal plan, like they started the meal plan in the, in the schools, the, the nutrition program was because we were too weak to fight. We were malnourished. And now, however many years later, we're way too fat to fight. And that's because our kids, our children don't know what nutrition is. There are no nutrition classes that really talk about nutrition. Who Who's teaching our children about nutrition? And you find out it's the meat companies that are pushing their information to the schools and our kid this is what our children are learning and this is not what's healthy and they they have a selection when they go to school of mcdonald's and and doritos and and you know whatever kind of juices they want they took out carbonated drinks but they put in juices with sugar and i i don't know this is something that i'm really passionate about and i could talk about all day so yeah but that's that's the the more green future initiative that we're doing and you know, we're trying to raise money to get it going and get it off the ground. And it's um, and we're starting in Los Angeles. One of the, the Los Angeles school district is one of the biggest school districts. And we're, we're going to start there and we're going to try and take that on. So and, and, and make some more um, and turn these all these kids that we have in the school system to vegan customers when we get, you know, in, in vegan, vegan, vegan army. Ooh, cool. I love it. Love it. <laughs> and then come on east. Although we, we do have a great group here, a New York Coalition for Healthy School Food that that has, um, you know, a, a vegetarian school so far and doing a lot of, of vegan outreach into schools. So I just want to give a shout out to Amy Hamlin and her good work. And I know uh, James Cameron and his wife have started a, a vegan school somewhere in, in California. Yeah. I guess that's a private school. Yeah, so, so one at a time. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, time for us. Well, it, it, it's thrilling because I know when you start young, I mean, I know this from my daughter. She was just in the uh, vegan health and fitness magazine and they asked her what it was like growing up vegan. And she's like, well, it was normal because <laughs> we learn what's normal when we're kids. Exactly. So, David, how about shop and give back? That's another project you're involved with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, shop and give back is a. Uh, what we're doing with Shop and Give Back is we're 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 really passionate about our initiative, the More Green Future, and but we're also passionate about other initiatives as well and other organizations like, uh, for example, Humane League. It's one of the shirts we're com- we're 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 selling products and shirts and clothing, and we're really excited about this as well. My wife, she's so creative, and she designed all these shirts, and we're gonna the a portion of the profits go to help these organizations, not only ours, but Humane League. And we're going to partner with other organizations. We're looking to partner with Humane Society and MFA and all these guys because, you know, these are all nonprofit organizations. But, you know, sometimes it helps to benefit from a little bit of profit. So we want to help these 
organizations as much as we possibly can in any way we can. And um, this initiative, you can go to our website and help out these programs and help out, uh, you know, as much as you can with the shop and give back. And we're really passionate about that as well. It's something new that we're trying. So, and the money goes, and the money goes for a lifetime. It, a lot of people just do it. You know, we're selling the shirt for um, a month, and whatever profits go to um, whatever organization, we're doing this. As long as these shirts are selling, we're going to be giving to these organizations because they're doing, they're fighting just as hard as we are to to make the world a better place, to help animals, to make people healthier. So that's that's what we're doing with a uh, shop and give back. And that's, that's another great. thing we're passionate about. So. And the website, guys, is the 300poundvegan.com, 300 numerals, pound is spelled out. Same thing on Instagram, the 300poundvegan, Facebook, the 300poundvegan, and Twitter, because, you know, we've got those few amount of characters. It's 300LBvegan. So you can mm-hmm. just follow David all over the place. Now, what about the 300poundvegan workouts and recipes? Uh, so what we're doing is we're in the process of make. I'm in the process of making a book. Thank uh, goodness. Yeah, it's about time. I'm doing a lot of things. I have the book coming out. I have a YouTube channel that I'm working on. I'm trying to get that going right now. So I'm all over the place. But um, we have a book coming out. It's a cookbook, but it's not just going to be a cookbook. It's going to be a book. We're going to have workouts in there, and it's going to be edu- There's going to be a lot of information and like. How a lot of people know, like, oh, beans are good, but how are beans good? How is kale good? How are these things beneficial to you? How are, and and when do you take them? You know, like, so we're gonna break these things down. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw all of my information, everything that I did to, to get to 300 pounds and to be a, a a big vegan athlete. Things that I learned from other guys like Rich Roll and Brendan Brazier. I'm just gonna we're gonna throw it all in the book. It's gonna be a great um, source of vegan fitness information, and that's what we're gonna do. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we'll definitely be looking for that. So, David, talk a little bit about the whole guy thing, the macho thing, this old idea that you're supposed to be tough and you're supposed to kill animals. I mean, just give us the new macho. What's your version of that? Well, to me, the, the new macho is, okay, first of all, a man is to be strong. You got to be take a man has got to take care of his family. And if you're dead, you cannot take care of your family. If you're too fat to get up and walk around, you cannot take care of your family. That is not manly. And I know it might be a little bit too blunt, but that's what it is. If your kids are eating and they're so big and their health issues are all jacked up, your wife is not eating right. You know, that's not manly. You're allowing someone to come into your home and poison your family and, and yourself. And that's not manly. And not only that, uh, you may be big and strong. And, okay, these guys, I get this all the time. What about those guys who are in the gym and they're bench pressing 400 pounds and all this, all this, that, and the other? I mean, they may look good on the outside, but if you do, like, you go to a, send them to a doctor and you check out their insides, chances are their arteries are clogged, uh, super clogged up. Um, they're taking... They're probably taking steroids, and you don't even have to say that, but the energy drinks that they're taking, you can get over the counter. There's all kind of crap in that, and it's, it's causing hypertension in the heart, clogging your arteries. These people are not healthy, and I feel and I feel that in order to be manly, you have to be healthy because 
I mean, you can be strong, but that's only temporary. If you're going to be a man is going to leave a long lasting impression in someone's life and you have to be there and you have to be a protector and you can't be a protector if you're not there, if you're not healthy, if you can't protect protection is not only physical it's mental, it's spiritual, it's all of those things. And I feel like being, being a vegan man, it actually helps you to be that. It helps you to be the protector, protect your family mentally and show them how to be compassionate show them how to treat other people it's a great thing to to be as a man as a vegan because it just you know it's not just like oh i'm just big and strong and you know you got to eat meat to be big and strong you got to be a man a man goes and kills his prey no a man is a protector a man protects his children but if a man's going to protect his children he, he you know that's you just have to be strong and there you go. I kind of messed it up at the end, but there you go. No, I, I love it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I took that quotation. I want to put that in our show notes because that's, that's a certainly different twist on it. And isn't that the truth? Gosh, I'm, yeah, I'm think, impressed. think about it. A woman, a woman goes, my wife likes me. I caught her eye because I'm a big old guy. I'm a big guy. And then she sees that as protection, but that's real. And if you're, you can be as big as you want, but they're like, man, like, they're not healthy. Like, I could die. Like, I could have a heart attack next week or a stroke next week, especially. And I mean, and that's, and that's not just like a long shot. Like, people are dying of heart attacks and strokes every day. You may look like a, like a catch, but you're really not. You're about to die in a little bit. Like, that's how real it is. I had somebody, one of my, on a football player who I trained with, his brother died at 31 years old of a heart attack. My goodness. So, and, and this is, this is becoming more and more common. Like, they don't really put like that kind of stuff in the news. But if you look around, people are dying of heart attacks and stroke all day, every day. So, yeah. And, and in addition, I know that you're a guy for the animals. You've talked about some of these organizations you're supporting. I see the word ahimsa sprinkled around and about <laughs> in some of your stuff. So just tell us uh, what David Carter thinks about non-human others. Oh, you mean those sentient beings? Those um, sentient beings. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, uh, it comes down to me. It's like I used to be like that guy. Like I was not. I didn't. Wasn't nice to dogs. Or wasn't nice to animals or anything like that. But you know, once I went vegan, I started to look back. Like, okay, hmm, I don't need these guys for protein. I mean, they have nervous. And then I started learning like, OK, I knew they had nervous systems, but it just didn't click to me. But I was like, man, these guys have nervous systems just like us. And watching all the videos, you know, going vegan, you watch all the, the videos of the the animal agriculture and how they do the torture that they go through, which to me is a lot like slavery. Actually, they use the same techniques that they use in slavery, black slavery and Holocaust on these animals. They learn a lot of the same things from them. So, I mean, it's. These these animals are feeling it. You can see them in the videos crying. That is a sign of feelings right there. They know what is about to happen. They are aware. And uh, like I said, being a man, you're a protector. And if I wouldn't let that happen to, if I, ha I don't have any kids, but my wife, I wouldn't let that happen to my wife. Why would I turn around and let that happen to another animal, another being who I know has the same exact feelings as my wife, knows what's about to happen, knows and can feel pain, you know, and loves like I love my wife, you know. So why would I do that to another animal? That's not right. 
is we're all animals. We're all animals. And we all live and we all poop. We all shit the same way. We're all, and that's real. We're all animals. So that's, that's why, that's to me, that's what made the connection to me. And that's why, that's enough. Hey, there you go. That's, that's vegan for you all day. Ahimsa. Oh, boy. <laughs> David, I have never considered myself a football fan, but I am a David Carter fan, so I may have to rethink the football part. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you are, are just delightful and wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today to inspire us. So a lot of this information will be on the show notes if you want to go over to MainStreetVegan.net. I also want to remind everybody about recipe at Three every weekday in the month of December. Anybody who has liked the Main Street Vegan page on Facebook gets a fabulous, wonderful recipe. And on Thursdays, Throwback Thursdays, it's going to be a vintage recipes from the 70s or the 80s when there actually were vegans, just not too many of them. <laughs> so thanks for liking everything about David. Remember our wonderful travel guest, Dana Roberts, some plant-based traveler. And in the meantime, God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> thanks, David. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever stood by a railroad track when a fast train was approaching from a distance? As the train came nearer, the roar of the engine and the screech of the whistle seemed to rise in pitch and become louder. As it came alongside, it seemed larger than life and ready to engulf you. 
Then as the train passed by, the sound became lower in pitch and loudness until at last it was merely an echo in the distance. Just like that train, sometimes our experiences appear larger than life just before they pass us by. It seems they are going to engulf us and then suddenly they're gone. Perhaps you are in a larger than life situation right now. Changing your thoughts can result in positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.